0: Hello and welcome back to the BeerWise podcast. This is the podcast that looks at what's going on in the world BeerWise. Hello and welcome back to the BeerWise podcast. I'm your host Mark DeNote and I'm the editor of Florida Beer News. This episode, I'm joined by Michael Marquess, the founder and president of Mother Road Brewing Company in Flagstaff, Arizona. Mother Road was the first stop on a tour of Flagstaff breweries I recently took, courtesy of Visit Flagstaff. Michael was nice enough to sit down with me in the brewery's tap room and talk about Mother Road and the brewery's history over pints of Sunday Drive, Mother Road's crisp lager. We discuss Mother Road's name, their flagship tower station IPA, and the Flagstaff beer scene, and a couple other topics. Here's our conversation. Well, Michael, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with me and talk about Mother Road. This is uh, this has been outstanding, and I've really enjoyed the beer. So I'm curious, the first thing I like to start every interview with talking about is kind of your origin, sto- the brewery's origin story and your origin story, because there's a lot of, in craft beer, we don't realize we're making history until somebody comes along and, and catalogs it down, because a lot of beer history has been lost. So can you talk, um, can you talk through kind of your origin story and how you found your yourself a
1: brewery owner? Um, I am the absolute stereotypical, I'm the cliche of any um, brewery CEO and founder. Okay. I was a home brewer. <laughs> okay. I mean, Isn't that isn't that the story, right? You, For a lot, yeah. You start as a home brewer on the kitchen stove, you get kicked out to the garage, and then you kind of want to keep doing it and get bigger, and then all of a sudden you're in business? Yep. Uh, it it really was that there was there was more to that, of course. Um, my co-founder uh, Alyssa, we were actually on a road trip back from Colorado uh, before Azalea was born, and it's just the boys, they'd fallen asleep in the back, and there's a long stretch outside of Cayenta coming back from Colorado. It's a long stretch of road, nothing out there. You're always watching for dogs and sheep and cattle and... Whatever could be in the road. What a wow. Typical road trip, right, in yep. Arizona. And... We started talking about how our grandparents had both done things they loved. Um, Her her grandfather was a builder. Her grandmother was a teacher. My grandfather was an engineer. My grandmother worked in the business. They always did things they loved, and we realized we weren't living our lives that way. Um, I was a real estate appraiser, which was miserable work, and the only thing that was making me happy was homebrew at that time because at my heart, I'm a food and beverage guy. Sure. And so we're driving back and Alyssa turns to me and she says, why are we doing this? Why aren't we finding joy like our grandparents have done? And that was kind of the beginning okay. of how the how the brewery started. I mean, it really came down to that trip and making a decision to say we should do things and find Find that joy in our lives, because both of us weren't doing things we wanted to do. And
0: how much how much beer was in Flagstaff at that time? Uh, was this a pie? I mean, was were you? Was it a crazy you know, pie in the sky type dream at that point, or was it like there's a few breweries of us we've paved the way?
1: Uh, no, we certainly had other breweries. We were the fifth brewery to open in Flagstaff, okay, uh, and the nineteenth in the state of Arizona. Wow. Uh, so in 2011, we were we were earlier to the game and we were kind of the last of that wave of late 2000s breweries that, that kind of opened during that class, which is interesting because it was th- that class of breweries I think were the ones that really loved beer. And I'm not saying anything bad about any, any folks that opened after that, but we saw a lot of entrants after that that were looking at it as a, uh, a money-making vehicle. And I hate to tell you what the margins these days—you um, can make money and make a decent living. But um, I'm driving a Honda Pilot, not a Maserati.
0: <laughs> well, I—I I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many, many sports car owning brewery owners. But that's—but it's—it's interesting though. But then what is the trade-off? What do you get out of owning a craft brewery? That's. Oh, you get- instead of the
1: instead of the fancy car, um, well, I have other cars that are not very fancy, but uh, they're in various stages of repair that are fun. Uh, <laughs> okay. as, a, as an offshoot of the mother road, right? Uh, no. What I love is is the challenge of building and creating something new every day. Okay. Yeah. Every day you come in with your crew, there's new challenges. It um, could be as boring as a machine has failed. It could be that someone was sick. Or it could be exciting like we're playing with new yeast or ingredients and we're running pilot batches and testing new procedures. I love that. Okay. Even on the worst day, you put that key in the door and you turn it over and you're like, we built this. This crew built this together and it is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and maybe that's maybe that's common to all entrepreneurs. Uh, I also like that, that beer is a very common beverage. Okay. And I mean that exactly as I say It's a common beverage. You go over to a barbecue... You take a six-pack of beer. You don't go to a barbecue with friends and, you know, pull out a, a $300 bottle of wine. No, 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 no. That's just not the way it is. And, and beer is common to everybody. It's like that beautiful social beverage. And I love that about it. Yes, I know we can get... We were talking about the yeah, yeah. Antion earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's those high-end, wonderful beers out there. But for most everyday occasions, everyday drinking, uh, hanging out with your buddies and your friends and family you crack a pint of beer and yep. I love that and that's that's why I'm in it that's awesome that's awesome what so then what led you where does mother road come from uh so whenever you're gonna do a name of a brewery you steal from the best <laughs> Okay. Uh, We stole from John Steinbeck. He was the first one to give Route 66 the moniker, the Mother Road. Okay. Uh, 1939, Grapes of Wrath. Uh, The building you're in, this is the Milam Laundry Building, uh, built approximately 1925. Okay. And in 1926, they set the route of Route 66, and it just happens to come down Mike's Pike in front of the brewery. I couldn't believe that no one had had that name. Uh, I grew up as a kid with grandparents that restored old cars and had car club trips and, and motoring is just, it's a thing. I like i like having grease under my fingernails and a little bit of gasoline smell stuck to my sleeves. Okay. Uh, it, this was just a natural to have uh, that motoring. It really combined Alyssa and my passion for motoring and travel and road trips um our kids still love road trips to this day so it's it's just one of those things that why fight it why not combine your passions together and live the life the way you're supposed to like our grandparents showed us sure sure so then um
0: what does how does the growth of mother road then um, how uh, I want to stay, actually no, I want to stay on the, the, the theme of Route 66, so how has that affected you in, in business? Is that something that is unique to Flagstaff, or do people recognize that from out of town, and, and do you get a lot of
1: visitors from that, or, or how, does, how has the name kind of brought people to you? It's interesting. Uh, I think the name was iconic early on. I mean, obviously Route 66 is coming up on its 100th birthday in 3 years, which is very exciting. I'm not sure old Cyrus Avery knew what he was doing when he plotted that course in 2526. Yeah. Uh, we get we get travelers from around the world that come here. We hosted a whole French Mustang club that was traveling in rental Mustangs across Route 66. So we brought out the local car club with a dozen Mustangs, including mine, out into the parking lot to greet them. And we still have their license plate out on the corner of the bar that they gave us in honor of the occasion. So we get worldwide travelers coming for 66. The hazard, though, is we had our breakout beer tower station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of people know us as the Tower Station Brewery or the Tower Brewery. Um, so they don't know your actual... So it, it much much in the way that, you know, New Belgium had a had a beer called Fat Tire that was very popular through the 90s. And they were You there. knew Fat Tire, but you may not have known New Belgium. And it's been an interesting thing to see one of our, our mainline beers supersede the, the actual brewery. Okay. It's a very strange thing. Thing to go in a bar and hear someone ask for a tower and I still look over and kind of giggle <laughs> and so, you want to correct them but you don't you never, never. <laughs> you never correct a paying guest
0: <laughs> so what um, so where does what does Tower Station come from if you're the tower if you were the Tower Station
1: brewery <laughs> So Tower Station is a 1936 Conoco gas station in Shamrock, Texas. Okay. So in the early days of the brewery, uh, before we opened, we had more time than money, and we bought some used equipment back in Pennsylvania. It was cheaper to fly a one-way ticket to Philadelphia, rent a Penske truck, pick up the equipment myself, and drive it back. So I drove Route 66 (laughs) from St. Louis all the way back to Flag. Okay. Okay. I went through Shamrock, and I saw this iconic gas station. It was featured in the the movie Cars. It was, okay. the, it was the tire station, uh-huh. or the tire repair place. Yeah. And I walked around it. It was closed, unfortunately. And I just kept walking around and around. I'm like, this is one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever seen. Someday this will be a beer. And it just took four years until we had the right beer to name it. And to- Go ahead. Sorry. No. It was a, so, our, so our first IPA, we named Tower Station. I was going to say, was it when you tasted the beer, you knew that was it, or no? When we had the working recipe, we, we were kind of doing the the two things in tandem. Okay. And it it was the first of our modern labels. So the Tower Station label really set the standard for all of our other beer labels going forward. Okay. It, it kind of became, I don't know, our rubric, if you will. Okay. And they went in tandem and we loved the label because this was the first of our new labels we loved the beer but if anyone ever tells you that someone at this brewery was a mad genius and created this super beer um no that's not (laughs) how it happened it was an unfiltered ipa we all loved the flavors uh guests had interactions every two sundays we had guest taste new pilot batches It it was all this very long and uh, drawn-out process between guest feedback and brewer feedback and founder's feedback. And we thought it was good, and we didn't know until we went on our first camp out, and we took a bunch of the uh, scratch-and-dent cans, and it's where we came up with the term tower-housed because we were camping up at Peonia, Colorado in a hop field with all the brewers at 8,000 feet and about uh, about three, four beers in. Yeah. It hit you. we hit we, we realized that it was a beer that was too easy to drink. And, uh, <laughs> and, and by that point, you're in it. Yeah. Uh, and by that point, we were in it and dinner was burnt and dessert was burnt and nobody really cared. That's fair. It was a fine That's camping so trip.
0: <laughs> so... With the inspiration from Route 66, um, can you talk a little bit about your your label design and the the beers that you decided that are essentially core because they're canned? The, the, where does the retro design come from because everything's themed after route 66 but there's a, a kind of a a modern aesthetic that
1: goes with it too so what we did is um, we use Paul uh, Paul Berg and Jen Saunders design they're they're just they're amazing they're local uh, we were talking earlier about how their meetings incorporate a lot right. of whiskey right for creativity of course right what we started with was a lot of the uh, Works Progress Administration posters oh, wow. of the late 30s, early 40s. Those were our original inspiration for what we wanted to do with the, with the whole series Travel America, the National Parks posters, and that's kind of where we started. And now they know our brand so well. In the early days, I would see pencil sketch, I'd see color blocking. Um, they're so damn good. I will send them maybe half a dozen photos and they will come back with a label that is pretty close to ready to go to ball for pre-press they're just they're amazingly creative they understand the motoring aesthetic the travel because really who doesn't want to know what's over that next horizon yeah who doesn't want to imagine being in one of these places you'll notice on all of our labels too we're kind of we kind of blur the images of the people you can't tell if it's if it's a gal and a guy, it's two gals, it's two guys. It, it's kind of androgynous on purpose, so you can imagine yourself going to those places, sitting up on the bluffs, having a picnic, looking down at the pier at Santa Monica for Sunday Drive, for instance. Sure. Or whipping along in a 35 uh, Auburn towards the Tower Station out in Shamrock on Route 66. So we're trying to tie them all to iconic places on Route 66 uh, daily drivers at union station out in los angeles daily drivers daily drivers the um the, the logger yeah yeah
0: that's right okay juicy pale ale, sorry yeah that's that's fascinating so it kind of creates an every man so anybody can can be that that person
1: Going back to beer being that very common, shareable community beverage, we want anyone to be part of our story. We want want you to join our story, because that's really what we're selling at the end of the day, is the story of Mother Road, and the travel, and the adventure, and what's beyond that next rise. The liquid in the can is how we transact the business to make sure that, you know, we can make payroll and those sorts of things. (laughs) Right. But realistically, there's so many good beers out there. Consumers want to connect to a story and be part of it. And we invite people to be part of our story.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I want to... Gosh... I've got so much that I want to ask you, but I do, I'm being conscious of time. I like to end every podcast with a six pack of questions. So if you're game, I got six quick questions for you. Six
1: pack of questions. Oh my. Do I, do I need to take a big sip here?
0: It's up to you. Yes. <laughs> Mostly about you and beer. So Uh-oh. you should be able to answer these pretty well, pretty quickly. Don't ask me what my favorite beer is.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's your favorite beer? Oh, <laughs> son of a gun. That's number one. Because it's such, and and honestly, I ask that question because it's such an existential question for a beer person. It really makes you dig deep and go, "What do I really value in beer?" and then come up with something. Because you have a dozen favorite
1: beers. So here's my problem with that question. Okay. It depends on who I'm having a beer with. Yep. The weather. Yep. What I'm eating. Yep.
0: Where I'm at? I mean, and and so here's here's the beauty of that question is it forces you to make a decision to pick one because I can't tell you how many times I've been asked that question and I, I know the conundrum and so to put someone else in that conundrum is is kind of fun.
1: Damn. Um, <laughs> I I don't have an answer for that. I, this is a hard one because every every beer situation is different. Yep. I mean and it changes all the damn time. For instance, yeah. I'm drinking Sunday drive. Do you yeah. know why I drink Sunday drive when I'm with uh, folks that I want to talk beer with? So I don't get hammered. 5%, I can have a couple. Yep. I can you know, maintain whatever little bit of intelligence you, you might find in me tonight, yep. right? But but yet you get enough flavor and it I, it keeps I get the flavor yeah. I get. The citrus, I, I love those things. I don't know. If, if I was to go to an, an all-time fallback favorite, oh, I'm going to be a fanboy for a sec. And a common fanboy, it always goes back to Sierra Nevada Pale. I'm with you, and and my guilty pleasure every October is Celebration. I don't care how many years that's been coming out. You know, since Anchor Christmas isn't the same as it once was, right? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that, that the Celebration P.L.L. every year is is my guilty pleasure and a fallback to the uh, to the P.L.L. Okay, what can I say? Okay. Hey, it's,
0: it's you. you, I, I, Your answers. I'm
1: good. I'm sorry. Here no, it is. no,
0: no need to apologize. Never forget uh, your first craft beer, right? True. <laughs> Very true. Number two, if you could only brew one style, what would it be? Ooh, it would be a pale ale. Okay. I love pale ales. I okay. could drink them all day long. Okay. What was the last beer that changed your mind?
1: I'm going to forget the name, but uh, someone brought me a beautiful bottle of a Flanders Red. And I've kind of been anti-sour for U.S. manufacturers. They tend to be very heavy-handed. Okay. Like, you could take the paint off a 57 yep. Buick with a lot of these. Yep. Uh, and this Flanders Red was, was, was beautiful beer and malty. And delicious first, and then had this beautiful acidity and just little sour citrus twist at the back, cleansed the palate, made you want the next sip. Oh, that's I, I awesome. thought it was a beautiful beer, and I'm sorry to whatever brewery that was that I do not remember the name of the beer.
0: It's okay if you if you remember it later, email me and I'll All right. I'll put I, it I, in I, the I'll post. Let see
1: if I can remember it.
0: There you go. Um, when it comes to beer, what do you wish you really understood? <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness! I wish I understood the consumer and the guest. Okay. Because I am somewhat puzzled some days uh, by the changing trends and how quickly they can snap around. Sometimes it, it it's very puzzling, and uh, we finally gave up on chasing those trends, and we're just kind of brewing things. We're brewing things we like, and then relying on our our guests and and talking with our accounts to to guide us. Awesome. Awesome. What do you wish people knew about your brewery? <laughs> I wish people knew we brewed all these other magnificent beers besides Tower Station. We've, we've, been, we've become known as the Tower Station Brewery, and our brew team works so damn hard <laughs> and brews so many amazing beers. Right now we've got, what, 12, 13 beers out on tap here in our tap room that I think are all delicious, and I, I wish our, our guests and our consumers knew that we had all of these beautiful beers because our brew team does such a stellar job. Okay, last question. What's the greatest
0: lesson you've learned in beer? (laughs)
1: Oh man, this is easy. Okay. Ask for help because in the early days, we were so nervous and so scared to ask our fellow brewers for help. God damn! every one of them opened up their brew houses, their ledger books, their tap rooms, and gave us help. We wouldn't be here. Lumberyard, if Evan hadn't helped us, and Gene, their head brewer, Calibrator Nagel in the early days for carbonation. If Evan hadn't helped me figure out the crazy uh, Byzantine system of taxation here in the <laughs> okay. U.S. and fill out my first brewer's report we wouldn't be here. So any brewers out there, you ask for help because all of us are here. We've all been there and we're going to help you if you need help. I I think that's the thing is asking for help when you need it. So that's the biggest lesson to learn. That's awesome. And that's a great way to
0: end, Mike. Thank you very much for your time and your hospitality. Thank you for uh, joining
1: us here at Mother Road. Awesome.
0: Cheers. That was my conversation with Michael Marquess of Mother Road Brewing Company. My thanks to Michael and the team at Mother Road for their hospitality during my recent visit. My thanks also to Meg and the team at Visit Flagstaff for their energy and their passion for their fine city. Their time and hospitality was awesome, and if you ever find yourself in Flagstaff, Arizona, don't miss Mother Road or any number of the fine breweries in town. Several of which you'll be able to read about in our upcoming Floridian and Flagstaff series of articles. In transparency, this podcast is the result of a sponsored media trip, courtesy of Visit Flagstaff. Are there any guests you'd like to hear on the Beerwise podcast? Reach out. I'm on social media at FL Beer News or Mark at Floridabeernews.com, and tell me, tell me who you'd like to hear. Please remember to like, subscribe, and follow the Beerwise Podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Also, please remember to l- review the show on your favorite podcast platform, too. That helps us grow and reach new audiences. If you'd like to reach customers by advertising on the Beerwise podcast, please reach out to me. I'm still on social media and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as FL Beer News, or you can find contact info under Contact Us at FloridaBeerNews.com. That's all for now. Until next time, when I'll be back to talk about what's going on in the world beerwise. Cheers.